Welcome to the new podcast, Leading by History, where we seek to take our listeners on a journey through history and educational leadership, changing our world and society one story at a time. Walt Disney was born on December 5th, 1901 in the Hermosa section of Chicago, Illinois. Now, um, he later on got married uh, to Lillian Bounds, who he had hired as an ink and paint artist. Now, he was one of five children, uh, four boys and one girl, and he lived most of his childhood in Missouri. And he started uh, drawing and painting, uh, selling pictures to family and friends uh, at an early age. And then when he later moved to Kansas City, he started to have a love for trains and started to work as a train uh, engineer. Now, he attended high school in Chicago and he took drawing and photography classes and was a contributing artist for the school newspaper. And uh, he would take courses at Chicago Art Institute at night, but he eventually dropped out and he joined the Army. Now, he starts in 1919 with a career as a newspaper artist, um, and he gets a job in the, um, the Pessman Rubin Art Studio, okay? And he starts doing uh, some work there. Now, he made... Um, a deal with the Kansas City Theater to to look at some of their cartoons uh, that at that time they had called, you know, laughograms. Okay, but by 1923, the studio had become burdened with debt, and Disney was forced to declare bankruptcy. Okay, so Walt Disney, even though he later on becomes one of the most successful entertainment entrepreneurs in the world. And in the beginning of his life, he experienced a great deal of failure. And uh, when he attempted to join the army, you know, he received rejection there. He struggled greatly to find work after World War I. And uh, later on in life, he struggled to start his own business and later became uh, very successful, as we know today, as the founder of the Walt Disney Company. Leading by history today will focus its ideas around the failures and eventual success of Walt Disney and how he started out not knowing his career choice, found what his career was supposed to be, and later was able to exemplify for all of us what success looks like when you get on the right path and you make the right efforts and you're going in the right direction. Welcome to today's Leading by History. Welcoming to uh, the podcast Leading by History, uh, we've got Deborah Wheatman, and, uh, you know, welcome to the podcast. Thank you so much for having me. Thank you. It's fantastic. Now, may I call you Deb as we're in Please. the process? Yes, All right. call me Deb. Everybody calls me Deb. All right, Deb. So can you tell us a little bit about yourself and your background 
you know, where are you from? Um, you know, what are some of the early experiences? Just tell us a little bit about yourself. Sure. So, yeah. So, I mean, I'm originally from um, New York and then New Jersey. Now I reside in Florida. Um, I started my early career in banking and moved around quite a bit. Um, I don't know if your listeners, you know, sort of know or have experience like, you know, back in the day, let's just say, Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Um, you could really move around to different things. Like you go from banking to something else and people Mm -hmm. didn't want to sort of pigeonhole you in a particular industry the way they do now. Mm -hmm. Um, So I was in banking. I was in the music industry. I was in publishing. I mean, so I moved around a bit. Um, just developing my skill set in, you know, different ways in those industries. Um, A lot of what I did was around um, strategy around human development, you know, internally for my clients that were internal to the companies that I worked, um, where I worked. I also did some recruiting for those companies. So it was like an HR related function. Um, ultimately I moved to a smallish company and without getting into the entire uh, story of what happened there, but I basically began running their, um, their career services area, which involved resume writing and coaching and helping them understand how to build a brand that was going to really set them apart and help them grow that with their network. And from that experience, I launched my own company, Careers Done Right, which I have had for going on 16 years now. Um, so you mentioned quite a few uh, avenues that you ventured down in the process before you got here to Careers Done Right. You know, what started you on the path? So my early experiences in HR, you know, I, I used to see a lot of people that were leaving companies um, because they were unhappy with certain things, whether they were unhappy with the management or their salary, mostly it was their manager. Mostly it was people leaving because they didn't like the person they worked under um, and they were having issues, you know, interpersonal problems dealing with that person or those people. And, you know, a lot of my early work was really in, in um, just dealing, helping people overcome those things and provide them with Mm. strategies to better communicate or um, work better in collaboration with other people, take direction better and things of that nature. So that's a lot of what I did early on. It was more of like an employee relations type function combined Mm -hmm. with um, some, you know, coaching around the development of their career overall. Okay. Okay. So now getting to the meat of this, you know, what, what are the things that you do now? So in your, in your profession, in your business, what are the things that you, you really do a lot of right now? Where's the focus of careers done right? Um, You know, what are, what are the kinds of things that you help people So with? now the focus of, of Careers Done Right is really around branding and branding through okay. the delivery of resume, cover letter, LinkedIn profile, bio, and then coaching so that people can be effective when they are networking and interviewing. So that's really the mm-hmm. focus because we really want to provide a holistic approach to so that people can leverage their talents 
not just in their resume and cover letter. We really want to serve as a partner to our clients so they can be successful faster and capitalize the uniqueness of their brand so that other people will realize, hey, this person has the talents and the tools and the strategies that we need here in our organization. So mm. let's consider bringing them on board. That's the focus is to really give people those tools and strategies so they can be successful as they progress through their career and then be selected for those, for those roles. So early in the show, we were talking about the story of, of Walt Disney and, and how he, you know, starts off, um, you know, on this road where he's, you know, attempting to go into the military. He doesn't quite make it there. He's, you know, doing some newspaper ad stuff. He, he's really like not the, the person that he wants to be. He's not having a good time in life. Right. right. But then, you know, some opportunities come up and he starts to see one thing lead to another with using his skill in, in design and drawing. And it, and it leads him in, in, on this path where he stumbles onto this opportunity to start doing movie ads and things of that nature to where he starts getting the struggling business that he had an idea for uh, off of the ground. So what, what we want to do today, we just want to go a little bit deeper into using your expertise to, to really help our listeners um, understand uh, uh, some of the things that, that it takes to really start being successful. So the, the, the first question I have for you is, how does one know that they're on the right career path? A lot of times people have to do some, you know, you really have to do research. And I'm a big believer in research. You have to look mm -hmm. at what you enjoy. Okay. And I'm not saying that everybody is going to find necessarily their passion in what they do. Right. Because mm -hmm. there are plenty of people who maybe they work in something that is not necessarily their passion, but they have their outside passion. So, so their vocation versus their avocation, right? So mm. in order for people to really figure out, hey, this is what I'm interested in or this is what I want to do, you need to do some reflection about the things that you like and you need to do the research. There's a whole wide world out there. And I think people mm. are, they tend to be or, or can be a little myopic in saying, well, you know, there's sales, there's this, there's that. There's a ton of things that you can do you just need to be able to look at things more broadly. And one of the ways to do that is to speak to people. Don't mm. just say, well, this is, you know, I can only do this. There's a ton of stuff that's available. You just have to be able to be open-minded, speak to people, do some research, uncover what, what your interests are, and then look for places to pursue those things. So for example, you might be interested in cooking, okay? And so if you're mm -hmm. interested in cooking, people might say, well, the only thing that I can really do is go be a chef. But that's not really, that's not mm. true. You could mm. own a company that has a situation where they, they test recipes or they write recipes and then they test them and then they publish those things in a magazine. Someone right. wouldn't think of that necessarily just off the top of their head, but if they speak mm. to people and they do their own self-directed research, you would you would quickly find that out. Mm. Now, now that's 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 good. Um, you know, that's a good segue to to the next question. You know, looking at uh, a, a career and as you say, in a myopic way, 
where you you're, you're stuck on this one way in which you see something and you don't even recognize the 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 multitude of other opportunities or avenues to get to the the place where you want to be. I think that's an excellent point. So what what do you think are the warning signs that one has chosen the wrong job, occupation or position? You know, people who you can sort of determine if someone has chosen the wrong thing if you know, they're not progressing forward in their career. They're moving around a lot. Um, which is also a sign that perhaps they're not as happy as they as they should be or could be. Um, maybe they um, look for, you know, other, maybe they look for other positions too frequently or too much. You know, a lot of times people will say, you know what, I don't really love this. This is really where my, where I'm more interested in, in contributing. Yeah, because, I, you know, I'm in the field of education, I run into a lot of people who who think that they, you know, want to be teachers. Right. Right. Because maybe the opportunity opened up and they're like, hey, the healthcare, you know, uh, package is pretty good. The benefits and, you know, it's a job that, you know, you have some some longevity and security. But that it's not that they don't really have a desire to help children, but they just didn't realize what it would take to be a teacher in a classroom. Right. And, and so then, you know, we know that according to um, the, the, the national research on teacher retention that, you know, most teachers quit the profession within the first five years. Mm-hmm. And the, the, there's more research that's coming out now that's saying that there's a trend among superintendents that they're following the same, um, a momentum as teachers when it comes to staying less than five years. You know, most superintendents of, of districts are staying for like three years, four tops, and they're moving mm-hmm. on. So, so I think part of that, you know, there, there was a, uh, a teacher that I knew and, you know, I, I thought that they were really genuine people. They really wanted to help kids and they ran some great after school programs and things like that for children. But when it came to actually observing them in the classroom, it was sort of lackluster. Their patience was low. Uh, There was not a lot of creativity. And I was trying to figure out, like, what's going on with this person? Like, I know that they have it in them to love these kids and I know they want to make a change and a difference, but they're just not cutting it when it comes to doing what it takes to be a successful teacher. And sometime later, um, I was on a college campus and I saw them there and I said, what are you doing here? And they said, I'm working on this degree. I said, well, a degree in what? And they were going into a degree in like uh, social work or whatever the case may mm-hmm. be. And I said, aha, you know, they always had a love for the, the students, for the children, but they could not access that passion through the vehicle of classroom instruction. And that was a person who was going to be miserable for their entire career and that was going to do damage to children in the long term because they had no passion for classroom instruction. And so when they made the shift to going into social work, it was the greatest decision they'd ever made because now they're going on being successful in that area, which is what they should have been doing. all Right. Along. Right. You know, when people talk about um, knowing that you're making the right career decisions, is that something that, you know, it's just people think and talk about? Or do we have any hard data that, you know, people can actually make 
wrong or right career decisions. What are your thoughts on that? What's your well, there are that? assessments that you can take that sort of categorize, right, your personality style, right? Mm. Or, or where you have strengths and they provide you a window into um, what a good decision might be. Like this person mm. has these, you know, these are the skills that they possess. So here are the types of roles that might be best suitable for them, right? Mm. But on the other hand, even with that, there also has to be, you know, from the perspective of the actual person, do they want to do that? Like you might be a great communicator and you might be able to write, you know, all of these wonderful things. And then, oh, well, that points to journalism. Well, I don't really want to, I don't really want to do that. Like, I'm not really interested in that. So while I think that there's some value there, I also think that you can't box people in. People are so unique and dynamic. It's, you know, just because you take an assessment that says, well, you're a, you know, LBMTQZ kind of thing, (laughs) you know, they give you these things and it's like, well, that might be, but I also have this other part of my personality. And so I'm really more interested in this kind of thing. And that's not something that an assessment can necessarily, you know, it, it can't necessarily come up with everything. It gives you a slice of maybe what a person has the most of, but there are latent things that maybe don't come through in those assessments. And that's why it's so important to really do research and get experiences like life experiences to teach you what might be an appropriate path or something that might prove valuable where you, where you'll feel like you're, you're getting a lot out of it and giving something in return. Mm. Now, I I did a search, uh, you know, I just got on a search engine and typed in successful people who chose the wrong careers. And I mean, these are the, the kind of things that you see as the first things that come up. Uh, why students make wrong career choices. Top five reasons. Uh, how people choose career paths. Stanford News. Did I ruin my life if I chose the wrong career? Uh, Another title, what do you do when you realize you're in the wrong career? Uh, Another one, uh, why 99% of people choose the wrong career? I thought that was very interesting on that one there. How to overcome a regret of choosing the wrong career. And another one here that says 10 important signs that you're on the wrong career path. And it goes on and on and on with more and more results. But I think it's interesting that, you know, a lot of times on the Internet, You won't find things, articles, um, you know, blogs talking about things that people aren't interested in. Like there'd be no reason for someone to write about those things if there weren't people who really were seeking those answers. And I and I think that that's why uh, today's show is so important, because even though we have a lot of uh, scholars, historians and educators um, academic leaders who, who listen to the podcast, we, we're also going to have those people who are just trying to learn and know more and better themselves. And, and they may not know yet who or, or what they're supposed to be. And I think that it, it's important to, for them to realize that, you know, they're not alone, that there's a ton of people out there who are trying to figure out the next step who are trying to figure out what do I do now that I may have chosen the wrong career, or I have no idea of exactly what I want to do. You know, um, 
I've got a I've got a daughter that's uh, almost ready to go to college age. And, you know, she <laughs> she said uh, when she was a little kid, she would say to me that she wanted to, um, you know, be a firefighter. <laughs> you know? So I bought her the little firefighter, you know, stuff, <laughs> whatever the case. And then she said she wanted to be a veterinarian. So I bought her the little veterinarian stethoscopes and the little things like that. But but now. Um, you know, she's like, she wants to do a, a, a couple of things at once. She wants to pursue um, a, a doctorate in history <laughs> and she wants to open her own restaurant. Okay. And, she, <laughs> and she's a fabulous cook, fantastic cook, and she's an excellent historian in training. Um, and so, you know, uh, what do you think about those people who may have a couple of passions and maybe good at both of those things. Yeah, and I've I've seen that, and and so you know she and there's nothing to stop her from doing both, right? Mm-hmm. She could totally do both. Maybe she cooks on her own time for friends, family, and does that kind of thing on mm-hmm. her own time. And maybe she has a full time position as a historian, or maybe mm-hmm. she does some freelance projects as a historian because she really wants to keep her finger in that, but maybe she opens her own restaurant and that's her full-time thing. You know, people can do multiple things. You know what they say, Mm -hmm. um, give, uh, you know, the busiest person, you know, give them all the work because you know, what will get done. Um, (laughs) (laughs) and that's the truth. I mean, like you, I have a, I have a 20 year old son. He's a junior in college and Mm -hmm. you know, this is a person who is not really sure what he wants to do. You know, Mm he, he's, you know, he's very bright. He's a political science major criminology minor. He he would never run for office because he's completely not interested in that. Um, Mm -hmm. But he likes the political landscape. And so he's actually pursuing an internship this summer at a very good company, having nothing to do Mm. with politics, mind you. But this is a good way for him to sort of broaden his experiences and open his eyes to other things and perhaps find something that he might be interested in pursuing. You know, not everybody walks out of school or goes into school saying, I want to be a fill in the blank. Mm. You know, I have another one who is she is 13 and she's going to be a surgeon and that's what she's going to be. So you have people like that who are like, I am going to, you know, be a doctor. I'm going to be a surgeon. And that's what I want to do. And then you have people like my son and many, many other people that Mm -hmm. are like, I don't know what I want to be when I grow up. There's more people Mm -hmm. like that than than there are people like my younger daughter. Correct. Correct. And and I think that when we when we look at that search engine, the results there, it shows you that he's definitely not alone. No. There's plenty of people that are still trying to figure it out. Absolutely. So, so when it comes to making the wrong career decision, though, how, how can a person avoid that? So, you know, again, it comes down to really being pretty proactive on your own behalf. You do have to do a lot of work to sort of figure out what makes you tick and then start speaking with people to see what they do. The best way to see if what interests you is get out there and learn about what other people do and see if there's a connection to something you might be interested in. There's, there's a lot of stuff that people can do out there. Now, 
I do know a lot of people who are, you know, who have made, let's say, the wrong decision. Let's say they're not really thrilled about what they've done. Okay. Mm -hmm. But let me tell you, these people, they're now like 45 and 50 years old. Mm. You can't, at this point, you're beholden to other people. You have a family, you have cars, you have kids, you mm -hmm. have bills to pay. You can't just decide you're going to throw caution to the wind and really it's skydiving instructing. That's what you've been passionate <laughs> about your whole life. I mean, mm, you mm. know, for some people it's like, well, you know what? You better finish up sort of your career in this thing and fulfill the things that you're passionate about on your spare time, because mm. what you're looking to do is not going to keep you, you know, in the lifestyle to which you've become accustomed. Now, for someone much younger, someone out of school who's been only doing something, let's say two, three or four years, those people have a much better opportunity of making a switch. Will they feel a little bit of the burn? Yes, they will. <laughs> They're still gonna feel a little bit of the burn. But at that point in your life, you're, you don't have the kind of commitments right that you have when you're in your 40s and 50s and you can afford to take a step back and maybe do something you know change your path mm -hmm. now as we draw uh towards the the end of our, our program for today we really talked about a lot of um important um you know factors to to really finding uh one's career path do, do you have any examples uh, that you can think of, of people who may have either chosen the wrong career path initially, but then found their, their, their niche and then really just started killing it? Or do you have any examples of anyone who just off the bat knew exactly what to do and they've been killing it from day one? Either of those, you got any success stories there? And, and your years of experience uh, with dealing with people like this? Yeah, so I have a, I actually have a current client. She is a designer of women's sports bras mm. and apparel. Okay, okay. She works for a very big company. She went to RISD, okay, Rhode Island School of Design. She always knew she wanted to be a designer. She has been crushing it her entire career. Mm. Yeah. She has progressively moved up. She has taken on increasing levels of responsibility and accountability. She's worked with some of the foremost people in technology design for those for apparel design um, in that space. And she's done an amazing job. She has no desire to switch. She loves what she's doing. And she, like I said, she's crushing it. Mm. I also have another person, and I worked with this person a while ago, who worked in, it's funny that you mentioned cooking before, because this is a cooking story. Uh. <laughs> so this guy worked in business. Um, he did well. He was a young guy. He did, he did very well because he worked um, in, in banking. So he, he did. Um, and, you know, while he was good at it, he didn't love it, right? So... Mm there was a situation where, so he made a lot of money doing what he was doing, but it wasn't something that he wanted to continue doing. Right. Mm. So he took some time. He went to Le Cordon Bleu mm. um, and he basically started cooking after that. Wow. So he left. Yeah. He left. 
and he started cooking and while he's working, you know, much harder. <laughs> right. Um, because it's much more physical, right? Mm -hmm. And I can't say that the hours are longer because what he was doing in banking was very, very long hours, but just different demands, right? Mm -hmm. um, he works very long hours, but he loves it. So mm. he made the switch, but he did it early on. You know, he was mm. sort of, he took stock of his situation. He knew where his, his interests were and he took advantage of them versus people that sort of, I have clients who, you know, gone to practice law and, you know, have hated it from day one, but stuck with it. And now they're still lawyers. <laughs> mm, mm. And that's not going to always turn out good for the clients. That doesn't always turn out right? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> So, so, um, so Deb, you know, you, you've given us a lot of things to think about. You've given us some, some quotables here. And so what would be your, your final words to that listener who's attempting to find their space and place in their career or is, is moving, you know, on in their career, but, you know, really just doesn't know how to, to make it pop. What are your suggestions for the person out there today that's really trying to make the impact in the industry where they want to be? So a couple of things, you know, again, I would suggest getting some good, you know, go to, you know, the library, go to Barnes and Nobles, do some research online and find, do some reading, self-directed reading. Okay. You can really learn a lot about a lot of different things by doing research. I'm a big proponent of research, as you can tell. Mm -hmm. um, yes. The, yeah. Me like, too. I think that's like <laughs> a huge thing. I can't tell you the amount of times, like, I'm like, oh my God, it's like eye opening the stuff that you find out. Mm. <laughs> um, and it might take a little time, but it's really critical to long term success and I think long term happiness. The other thing I think that people can take advantage of is really working with someone who's an objective third party. You know, go to do some research, find a coach that you're comfortable with and get a few sessions to get someone to provide you with an outsider's perspective, someone that's objective, not your mother, your father, your sister, your brother. Those people are great, but their their viewpoints are skewed because they love you right. and, and they just want you to be happy. That's what they say. Oh, we just want you to be happy. Yes. But they don't really know if you don't really understand what that is that person isn't going to be able to provide you with any really good, strong measure of assistance in that area. You need an objective third party who really, you know, who cares, but they don't have that emotional connection. They don't have the emotional attachment. They can say to you, based on what you're telling me, I don't see how this is a good fit. Or based on what you're telling me, I think these things might be areas for you to explore. So that person can really provide a window that maybe, you know, a family member or friend cannot in combination with your own research can really go a long way in helping someone get on a path that will bring them happiness. Well, I tell you, we've 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 covered uh, a lot today. And, um, you know, I'm telling you, it's 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 very good information. And I'm hoping that, you know, each one of our listeners to the show really heard today and can really take some practical pieces out to go and apply. So all of you who are listening out there that are that are rocking in your careers right now, your hat, you're on the you know uptick and everything's going great. You keep on pressing and you keep on doing what you do and setting that example for others that want to be just like you. But for those of you that are out there that still are not clear on what you want to do and 
you you may you may be a college student who's changed your major four or five times or a high school student that's scared to even go to college doesn't even know if they want to just know that you're not alone and that you have the ability to 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 make decisions to shape what you want your future to look like in your career path and there's more than enough people out here just like Deb who are willing to help you on your journey so Everybody go and check out careersdoneright.com and, uh, you know, and give Deb a holler and uh, let her know, you know, if you if you need to get that resume reviewed or, you know, you need to uh, have a Vita uh, uh, checked out or whatever the case may be. I know Deb's going to be waiting on the other end of that uh, phone line to help you uh, take that next step. It would be my pleasure. Thank you so much, uh, Deb, for coming in with us today on Leading by History. And definitely you've helped us lead by history uh, on this show. So uh, grant you peace and you have a good and excellent evening. Thank you so much. Thank you. It was a pleasure being here. Thanks for tuning in to this week's Leading by History podcast. And we look forward to getting back together with you again on our next show. Until then, peace. Peace.